when they found out that I became a dentist, of course, then they started wanting to come. So it just evolved from there, from one celebrity patient, then they tell their others, and it starts growing from there. You start building a beautiful practice in which obviously you try to respect their privacy. And so that's kind of how my whole celebrity status evolved. Welcome to Lead With Your Brand, the podcast that explores exceptional career success stories, inspiring and insightful personal brand journeys that answer the question, are you coffee or are you Starbucks? Fascinating conversations with leaders about their career breakthroughs from entertainment, tech, media, and more. You'll learn how they've turned up the volume on their brand to unlock success. Firsthand, uncensored, and real, as told by people who've been there and plenty of inspiration and practical tools to help you lead with your brand every day as you drive towards your next career breakthrough. And now, here's your host, personal branding expert, diversity advocate, and keynote speaker, Jason Patria. Hey everybody, Jason Patria here, and you are listening to the Lead With Your Brand podcast, which is the podcast for folks just like you who are looking to turn up the volume, show your value, and lead with your brand to your next career breakthrough. Well, I cannot believe it, but it is December. We've got another amazing show for you today. I have guest Dr. Karen Sierra, philanthropist, celebrity dentist, and someone that you probably recognize from The Real Housewives of Miami and Be Latina on Lifetime. But before we get to Dr. Karen Sierra, let's talk a little bit about your brand and the holiday season. Now, I don't know about you, but I am gearing up for tons of parties. In fact, over the past weekend, I've already been out on the town and out at people's homes and even hosting people over in my own home. And we know that the holidays can be super stressful. Between trying to close out the year at work and get everything done for celebrations and travel with your family, it can be a little bit bonkers. I just want to remind you that our brand and our true colors truly come out when we are under stress. That is the true sniff test of what your brand is. So as we go into this holiday season, I want you to pull out those brand attributes. Those are all of those great supersized words that you want to be known as. Things like welcoming and friendly, a first mover, a jet setter, inquisitive, all of those great words that you have defined for yourself. But remember, when we're under stress, our rubber band is being pulled and oftentimes we snap and we tend to use some of those behaviors that are probably on your and never no fly list. So here's what I want you to start thinking about. How can you make sure that you show up on brand even in stressful situations? How can you make sure that you're putting the right behavior at the right time with the right level of intensity so that you can be your best brand for the new year? Now, here's some quick things to think about. We tend to fall into stress when we're angry, when we're hungry, and when we are tired, and sometimes when we've imbibed in a few too many cocktails. So my first thing for you to think about in terms of staying on brand is making sure that you're practicing self-care. Set that time to go to bed. Drink your water. Make sure that you're still eating those healthy foods and not just loading up on all of that holiday crap. And when you go to that office holiday party, when you go over to your families, make sure that you're watching how much you are drinking because those are all triggers for us to go over the line and outside of the bounds of how we want to show up 
on brand. In addition, when you're feeling stressed, I want you to start thinking about what are those telltale signs? I know for me, I can actually feel heat in my cheeks and on my chest. I know that in my mind, I start thinking to myself, gosh, can these people just hurry it up? Why are they taking so long? Or why are they saying such stupid things, right? That's that self-talk that things going through my mind. I have learned to realize those are warning signs that I'm coming up to the end of the stretch of my rubber band and I need to self-manage and self-monitor. Now, one of my old bosses gave me some great advice. You know what she said, Jason? It's not about what you're going to do. It's about what you're not going to do. So think about what you might not need to do in these situations. Maybe I don't need to respond if I hear some type of comment that kind of irks me inside. Maybe I don't need to jump in and be the first person to respond here. Maybe I don't need to answer that email immediately. Maybe it's just about those things that you're not going to do that help you manage that stress. So remember, the holidays and the end of the year are a great time. And remember, from a brand management standpoint, we always remember the first and the last. So as folks leave for the holidays in the workplace, they are going to remember how you acted in December with an outsized impact and an outsized halo compared to the rest of the year. So make sure you're leaving on a great final impression as we lead with your brand new year into 2024. Well, I am super excited about today's guest. In fact, last week we had her co-host, Chef James Tahan, on the show. And this week we have the fabulous Dr. Karen Sierra, who is a philanthropist, a celebrity dentist, and the co-host of Be Latina on Lifetime TV. Born in New York City and raised in Miami, Karen is a prime example of a Latina who embraces her Colombian roots while also maintaining a strong American identity. Often referred to as the celebrity dentist, Dr. Karen graduated as a dentist from the prestigious Marquette University School of Dentistry back in 1999. With more than 24 years of experience, her expertise ranges from cleanings to treatments to complete extreme smile makeovers. Dr. Karen also has a passion for helping people that are less fortunate, and she is the founder of Sharing Smiles, a foundation that is a philanthropic organization to assist underprivileged families by providing dentistry services, medical supplies, and hygiene items. Karen is known to many for her role as a cast member in Bravo's The Real Housewives of Miami, but what many don't know is that she's been in the entertainment industry since she was 18 years old, first as a beauty queen and then later appearing in several soap operas and commercials. Since August of 2021, Karen has been the host of Be Latina, a half-hour variety series that airs on Lifetime Television. The show celebrates the individuality and diversity of the Latinx community and discusses important topics such as finance, food, and fashion. We'll be back in just a few moments with Dr. Karen Sierra. For over 25 years, Jason has coached, trained, and developed thousands of leaders and executives, helping them achieve their next career breakthrough. He's a featured speaker at global conferences and companies to help everyone bring their best authentic self to work, show their value, and lead with their brand every day. Get more tips and tools at leadwithyourbrand.com. And we are back. We have a spectacular guest with us today. It is Karen Sierra. Karen, what's going on? Hey, Jason. How are you? I am fabulous. It is so great to see you. Oh, you know what? And I love seeing that beautiful smile of yours. And I'm Ah. here in Miami where it's nice and warm, believe it or not. 
December 1st, and we're having a beautiful day here. I hope it's gorgeous where you're at, too. Yes. Well, here in Los Angeles, it's gorgeous, but I'm sure not as gorgeous as Miami. And I love (laughs) that you thanked me on my smile because getting a compliment from not only a dentist, but a celebrity dentist is wow. So Karen, I wanted to have you on the show because it's like you do so many cool things. Not only are you known as a celebrity dentist, you are this amazing philanthropist. And of course, we know you from being on TV, from The Real Housewives, and of course, Be Latina on Lifetime TV. So tell me, Karen, when you're out talking to people, how do you introduce yourself? How do you tell people who don't know who you are, what it is that you do and and who you are? Well, you know what? I think humility above anything else, you know? And so I just, if someone doesn't know who I am and doesn't uh, have a you know, a cognizant idea of what it is that I've done before. I just introduced myself as Karen Sierra. And I think the conversation eventually just starts blending in, whether it's, I say that I'm a dentist or that we're talking or someone introduces me, oh yeah, she's a celebrity dentist. And then of course people start opening up their mouth and they're like, oh, as a matter of fact, I have a toothache. And I'm like, that's almost inevitable. Or if it's that little show that's very, you know, very mildly seen, like the Real Housewives of Miami, I always get wonderful questions about the other ladies or my experiences with that. So I think it all comes with the territory and who it is that I'm meeting. But I just try to be myself. I don't try to, you know, to say I'm this, I'm that, I'm, I'm this TV host or I'm a celebrity. It's just Karen's here. And I want people to get to know me for the person that I am. And then everything else is secondary. Yeah. And so I love that you talked a little bit about humility, but I want you to brag a little bit here. Talk to me. What (laughs) I can do that too. (laughs) Exactly. Well, what is new and exciting on Be Latina on Lifetime? Well, you know what's wonderful is that we just finished our second season Mm. and we filmed the last episode about two weeks ago. And that was wonderful. And I have my co-host who was a guest on your show a couple of days ago. Of course, the fabulous chef James Uh, Tahan, right? Yes, I love him. And you heard that he was wanting to be a dentist. I know. Can you believe that? You know what? Some people study and some people actually become it. So, (laughs) (laughs) Well, he gives you your clients because they eat all of his rich food, right? And then they have to come in and have the cleaning. That's right. And all joking aside, I love Chef James. We've become wonderful friends. And I think it's evident in our show and in our camaraderie, how we get along. I think it's almost very hard to fake that energy. And when you really click with someone, I think it shows through the TV shows and the episodes. And our fans tell us that they love seeing us work together because we have a really nice energy going on between us. Yeah. And Karen, talk to me for those who haven't seen Be Latina yet. What's the purpose and the mission of the show? You know, the purpose is like the name of the show, Be Latina. It's about empowering the Latina woman. I think we have this wonderful movement of, you know, of the woman and also especially now of the minority woman being Be Latina, which nowadays we're turning into a majority. We're not becoming this minority or we're not a minority anymore. More. And it's about empowering the woman of being able to, you know, change a light bulb. If you need to sw- change a switch of studying about knowing about finance, knowing about fitness, knowing about cooking, which I still haven't learned yet. Chef James is, is, is really <laughs> trying to teach me. <laughs> I'm just a better eater than I am a cooker. So, you know, some people are better at some things than others. But, you know, it's it's the whole idea of empowering the Latina woman that she can stand on her own two feet, that it's wonderful to have a companion, whatever that sex may be, whether it's male, female, it's that. Um, but that whoever it is that accompanies you, accompanies you because they want to be with you, not because they have to attribute or con- contribute to your lifestyle, that you can stand on your own two feet financially, emotionally, and then everything else is just a plus. Yeah. So it's really all that poder, right? I mean, and I That's know that right. you talk about that, talk about that on the show. Mm-hmm. Now, Karen, I one of the reasons that I was so fascinated by your career and wanting to have you on is, you know, you have this whole kind of diversity in your career. I mean, you are a doctor and a dentist by trade, right? right. And now you're on TV and you do all of this philanthropy work. 
So talk to me when you look back over, you know, your 20 plus year kind of in, in, in the, uh, the, the workspace, mm-hmm. what have been some of the biggest kind of career breakthrough moments for you? What are the things that stand out to you as things that like really changed the trajectory of your career and your life? Well, you know what? I think it started early on. Um, I have always been someone that knew what I wanted to achieve in life. But Mm. sometimes when you get in this comfort, in a comfort mode, as I graduated dental school, I graduated in 1999. And eventually I started working with someone for about a year. Um, That eventually didn't work out because I saw that the partnership was not going to actually transition into something. So I started working for somebody else and I just felt comfortable. I was like, oh, I can do this. I don't need to have my own office, the headaches and everything else and responsibility that goes along with that. Until it became to a point that I saw that she saw my value, maybe even Mm. more than I saw my own value at that moment, because I was still relatively very young. And she wanted to kind of like squeeze out more percentage and her make more money out of my, you know, out of my um, job. And it kind of forced me into going out on my own, which is not the most comfortable area. You know, if you haven't, us as dentists and in most people in the medical profession, what happens is, is that you're really good at your trade. If that's hopefully you're a good student, which I humbly say that I was, um, But we're not good business people unless you Mm. actually study and go to college and have a business background. Most of us are great at our health career, but not good at managing money or being good business people. So the fact that going back to your question of being that breakthrough moment is being forced into not standing for something that just wanted to be um, a way of her making more money off of me. And I said, okay, I can't do this anymore. I need to go out on my own. It was the most uncomfortable situation that I think I went through business-wise, but it was one of those breakthrough aha moments that if she wouldn't have pushed me, if she didn't want to get more out of me, I probably would have been comfortable, quote unquote, for 20 plus years, just earning a salary. So it was that uncomfortable moment that you grow in your career and you say, I need to do this on my own. I don't care if I'm starting from scratch. And I literally started with my three best friends as my first three patients and charging them almost nothing because you want to, you know, help them out. And then little by little, people saw what you stood for and saw my quality of work, which I think that alone uh, speaks volumes. And I have to look back and say, Thank you to that doctor for pushing me. <laughs> you know, it's it's out of those uncomfortable situations. It's like a diamond becomes a diamond through the pressure of the carbon. If it's not pressurized, it never turns into this beautiful, shiny diamond. So yeah. it's going through that pressure and going through those really uncomfortable moments allowed me to grow into the dentist that I am today. So I I, I thank her for that. Yeah, right. I mean, and I love that. I love that you said it's almost like you didn't even see your own value till you saw someone was like exploiting that, right? Correct. Now, Karen, I know everyone has this in their career. Like they feel mm-hmm. the stress. They maybe feel like they're being taken advantage of, that they're not kind of getting the kudos that they they deserve. Mm-hmm. What was What was that moment that you decided yes, this is uncomfortable. Yes, this is hard, but I'm taking a leap of faith in myself and I'm going to like start my own dentistry practice. What, what was that moment for you? Well, it's exactly what I had just mentioned to you. It's, it's being put in a position of either getting taken advantage of for the rest of your career and the rest of your profession or doing something about it. So jumping after that day, I said, mm. this is no longer it. The opportunity arose a couple of blocks away from my home that an office was available. I told them, I said, I'll take the office. They still had even, you know, some old dental chairs from a dentist that actually had been evicted from his, uh, from his office space. (laughs) So I said, okay, I'll take it with one condition. You let me use this office, you know, as is for three months while I purchase my own. They said, no problem. He's evicted, so he can't get his stuff until he pays us. I'm like, okay, deal. Where do I (laughs) (laughs) And that's what evolved into having my own office just from from scratch. 
Yeah. And so you talked about, you know, so many healthcare professionals are amazing at their right. trade, right? Mm-hmm. The the healthcare expertise. For you, though, how did you build all of these business chops to be able to manage your own practice? I'll tell you, as I mentioned to you before, I do not have any business expertise or business schooling. So I do have two sisters that are also dentists. They graduated four years before myself yeah, and one brother-in-law. So I think they guided me on to what not to do, not so much as to what to do. I think the rest was a little bit of just common sense and going with the vibe and knowing what felt right. You know, I know some dentists see it as a wonderful way to make a lot of money and you can one way or the other. And they just start purchasing one office, you know, and then another office and another office. You have all these satellite clinics, but at the end of the day, you can only be in one place at one time. Yeah. So what turns into a wonderful, profitable business, you start forgetting about the healthcare and the welfare of the patients because all mm. it becomes is money. You just start hiring dentists, whether they're good or not. They they just graduate from dental school. You can hire them cheap, and then you just start producing all the money, which. Producing a lot of money, don't get me wrong, is not a bad thing. Yeah. But when you start sacrificing your ethical values um, just for making money, there's a limit. So I think that even if I would have learned a way to make more money by purchasing all these different offices, I'm happy the way I am. My one office, my, it's a beautiful boutique office. It's just big enough um, to feel comfortable, but small enough that I don't lose that customer service and that quality care for every single patient that comes into the office, whether they're getting work done for free through my foundation or whether they're paying full price for their dental work. So I think that's where it comes into play, the balancing of becoming a professional, learning that I have to make money because I have to eat. And have to provide also for my staff that make sure that they take their income home to their families, but also doing what's right. Yeah. And so it's one thing to have a dental practice. How did you become sort of the person behind all of these celebrities' million-dollar smile? Like, how did that evolve into, like, a thing? Well, you know what? It started many years ago, I think even before I was a dentist. Uh, I started competing in beauty pageants. Some of them I won, some of them I lost. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a give and take. <laughs> and then I became a SAG member over 25 years ago. Wow. And so I've been doing, you name it, Pizza Hut, Wendy's, uh, gosh, Kmart, JCPenney, AT&T, you name every single brand. I've probably done a national spot for that. Yeah. And because of that, you start dealing with a lot of, you know, celebrities at, as well. And I also acted in a Spanish telenovela. So I started surrounding myself and building friendships with people that were already famous and obviously became even more famous throughout the years. So when they found out that I became a dentist, of course, then they started wanting to come. So it just evolved from there, from one celebrity patient, then they tell their others, and it starts growing from there. And you start building a beautiful practice in which obviously you try to respect their privacy. And so that's kind of how my whole celebrity status evolved. Yeah. And I mean, so it's really interesting because it's kind of all about working your network, right? To build your business. I mean, you talked about kind of starting out with like your three best friends, like come (laughs) come on in, right? Like come in to like all of these people that you're working with on the set of something, whether it's a novella or a TV commercial and really working that. Now I know, give us a little bit of tea because you said Mm -hmm. some of your folks are, are willing to, to share who are some of some of those folks that you've, uh, that you've worked on that, that we recognize their smile. Well, maybe, Maybe just another day without you, Mr. John Sakata. Oh uh, my gosh. Yes, I've been working on him for over 20 years. He's been wow. my patient. So he's been amazing. 
Pitbull is another one uh, wow. who we actually see his whole family, all of his kids. <laughs> 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 and, you know, and they are absolutely beautiful. They are some of the most educated children you have ever met in your life, which I always give him kudos for raising those beautiful, beautiful children that he has. And we've seen we've seen everything from Spanish singers, Sebastian Yatro. I don't know if you are familiar with him. Yeah. He sings beautiful. And so he's my patient. Um, he's also related. So, but still, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so, yeah, there's a lot of wonderful celebrities, a lot of uh, Spanish being that Telemundo and Univision, the two major uh, Spanish channels are based mostly out of Miami. So I yes. do see a lot of the actors there. And, and it's fun, you know, like the ones that want the privacy I offer them. And if the ones that don't mind, then always welcome to, to promote them also. Yeah. And now I know that you're really big on giving back. So tell us a little bit about the Sharing Smiles Foundation and where that came from. Well, I am more than happy to. Um, 2009, I was with one of my best friends, Maribel Rodriguez, who is an anchor for uh, CBS 4 News. And we were out actually in another foundation for Zoo Miami, which is a local zoo here in Miami. And we were talking and said, okay, you know what? It's time. It's 2009. I've been practicing for so many years already. I want to do something to be able to give back. And the whole night we just kept on talking and I said, okay, everyone always compliments me on my smile, uh, which I can only give thanks to my parents for, because this is, these are my teeth. They're not veneers or anything. And I said, smiling, smiling. So that day after a couple of drinks that night, I'm not going to lie. We just had a cocktail. (laughs) (laughs) Something always devolves when you have a couple of cocktails with a friend and we started, okay, smile, smile. You have to share of yourself to make someone smile sharing smiles. And that's how the whole, I wanted something catchy that had meaning, not just a catchy name. And, and it's true. You have to share of yourself to make somebody else smile. If you frown at me and if you are mean to me, you're not going to, never going to make me smile. So if you give of yourself, all of a sudden that person is grateful and they'll smile back. So that, that's how the whole name evolved. And I started talking we started locally with the Sharing Smiles Days, obviously helping because charity starts within your own community before going out and going out and beyond and expanding. And so we would share these beautiful Sharing Smiles Days in my office. And then another actor, a very famous telenovela actor by the name of Julian Hill, he's done many Spanish soap operas, um, told me about one of his best friends that goes internationally. And so as we were uh, discussing, he was, look, I really want you to meet this guy. He's an incredible philanthropist, wonderful friend of mine from Puerto Rico, um, because Julian is Puerto Rican. And then from there, we literally went, uh, met up for lunch. And he said, look, I don't have a dentist in my foundation. I don't have a dentist that travels abroad with us. Would you mind or would you be interested in contributing your foundation and helping us and allying together to be able to help in different countries. And I said, of course, um, I am the type of person that I didn't want to have my foundation grow enormously because what happens is when these foundations grow a lot, it incur- incurs a lot of other additional management costs. And I didn't want these costs uh, to affect the bottom line of the foundation of people that actually donated money for a great cause. So I said, I'll do it as long as you guys manage the the whole logistical aspect of visiting the cities and the countries ahead of time, making sure that it is a legit foundation that we will be working with and going from there. And so we did. And our first trip was to Kenya, to Africa. Wow. And that, I will tell you, Jason, was an absolute incredible experience because we worked with the Maasai people. The Maasai tribe is a nomadic culture that never stays in one place very long. So they are basically in the desert and they just start moving from area to area. So we lived basically with these Maasai's and we had very, very, very (laughs) Mm -hmm. humble, uh, 
uh, places where we stayed. And if you're going to go work at a foundation, by all means, it's great to stay four seasons at the St. Regis when you're traveling yeah. on vacation. But if you're really going to go help, you want to be able to live how they live. And there was no luxuries. We had cold water. Uh, we had little cots in which we slept and we rented this house, you know, assemblings of a house close to where they lived. And we basically worked for two weeks. And mm. the only type of dentistry I could do is basically extractions because you're talking about an area where there's no electricity. Yeah. Where we, we had no way of actually even taking x-rays or knowing their medical history. But we really got to live how they lived, got to speak how they speak. We had translators, but you don't actually need language of a vocal language to be able to understand each other. Sometimes just their smiles and their faces say a lot more, you know, than actual speaking words. So it was an incredible experience in which we built water wells. We actually built a school that we had sent over money ahead of time to start building it. And then volunteers also came to start constructing the rest of the school. And we also provided uniforms because one of the crazy wow. things about Kenya is that you actually, by law, Kenyan law is that you want to go to school, you have to wear a uniform. Mind you, these kids don't even have food to eat. They don't <laughs> have drinking water, but you have to wear yeah. a uniform. I'm like, are you serious? And so it was very interesting. And it was a very um, kind of slap in the face wake up call to realize how grateful we need to be, especially living in the civilization that we live in. Yeah. Because the one of the leaders, his name was Joseph, one of the teachers, um, took us on this hike. And we actually hiked about eight kilometers because he wanted us to see what or basically to live what it is that the women live because women are not prioritized over there. They're just basically, they bear children. And after they bear children, they are the ones that have to work. They have to work mm. the land. So we walked what they needed to walk on a daily basis. And most of these children or women wear with a really thick rope around their head. Yeah. So over time, it starts indenting because of the weight. They have these five-gallon jugs and they have to walk to what they call running water. Now, we're mm. talking a stream full of dirt where there's cow manure, where there's horse manure, giraffe manure. And oh, my gosh. You see a little bit of water running, and that's what's considered not to be still water. It is, uh, to be completely frank, completely disgusting water, full of bacteria. But this is the water that they use to go back to send to their huts to be able to cook and eat and drink from. So it was a wake-up call, to say the least, in which you really appreciate everything that you have. And it gave me a reason to continue this foundation and to not only continue for myself, but promote it around the world. Because a lot of people say, I want to help. I just don't know how. Yeah. I, don't have, I don't have the avenue. I don't have the means. And, and I explained to everyone, you don't need to be a millionaire. You can donate. And you'll see exactly where this money is coming to. We built the first time 13 water wells for different communities in Kenya. And we were in this little area called Loitoktok. Loitoktok is right on the border with Tanzania. Yeah. And I will tell you the smile on these children's faces, mm. even after I took out some teeth because they were completely decayed. But after the translator was, was able to explain to them that we're doing this for their health, that we're gonna we're going to take out some teeth, but it's gonna keep them healthy. It was kind of a, a different mindset for them because yeah. they didn't understand what we were doing. So being able to educate them and spend time with them one on one, sharing my sandwiches during lunch because they would give us two sandwiches. I'm like, okay, I don't need two. You know what? My waistline will will thank <laughs> me for it. <laughs> and I would share the other one. And I have a couple of pictures on my website and I'll, I'll be happy to share them with you that I'm sitting down on a rock and I'm just feeding some of the kids a bite, feeding the other one and the smile on their faces and being able to just live what they live, albeit only for two weeks at a time, yeah. is something that I think has made me grow as a woman, great, made me grow as a human being. And it's just an incredible experience. And like Kenya, or like Nai, like Tok Tok, there was also India that we also went twice. We've also been to Nicaragua, Guatemala, Colombia. So we've been through many countries throughout these past years in which we saw a need to, to be able to raise awareness that this is not just 
you know, in foreign countries, but it's also in our backyard. And that's why we also host these uh, Sharing Smiles Days locally in our neighborhood. And it's just creating awareness. And that's what I love about having my TV show about Be Latina, promoting, yeah. promoting uh, female pride and knowing that you don't have to be Rockefeller's daughter to be able to give back. You just need a heart. Exactly. I love that. You just need a heart. And I love how everything comes full circle from that conversation over, you know, a couple of cocktails that, yes. y- you know, you really want to <laughs> share smiles. But that's, then right. that's how you're measuring success when you see you're the right. smiles on kids, kids faces, you yes. know, and that, and to me, that's really kind of the power of a brand, right? Both mm-hmm. the brand of your foundation, as well as as your professional brand. So Karen, Let's talk a little bit about your brand as, you know, a human, as a dentist, as a philanthropist. Give me three words that describe brand Karen Sierra. Number one, ethical. Mm. Because in today's society, whatever profession that you're dealing with, whether it's a car mechanic, a cardiologist, an attorney, you always, unfortunately, and this is the sad part of, of, of how society sometimes grows and not to focus on that, but you see um, just a lot of crooked people out there that necessarily yeah. aren't looking out for your best interest. So I think um, ethical values stand for a lot of what I stand for. Yeah. Because the way I see it is that I treat every single person that sits in my dental chair as if it, if it was a man, that if like if it was my father, and if it's a woman, like if it was my mother. And if I do that and I free, treat mentally in my mind that way of treating people, I know I can do no wrong. And at the end of the day, I can put my head on my pillow and know I did no harm. Yeah. So that's one. <laughs> yeah. What about number, number two? Number two, I think, is is humbleness. Uh, humility is not letting success go to your head. Because although it's wonderful to be successful, and I'm not going to bash it, and I will always strive every day to become more successful as a woman, as an entrepreneur, as, as a human being, I think that we always have to keep our feet well-grounded without cutting our wings to fly. Mm. So it has to be a happy balance of keeping the feet on the floor, but not snipping our wings. Yeah. And what about the third word? What would you use? And the third word, um, I say honesty. Honesty. Mm. And I know it, it goes with it goes with ethical, you know, but I think just always speaking your mind and not being afraid of being judged by someone for mm. actually speaking the truth. Yeah. I will speak my mind. I will tell you what I feel if you oppose it. For whatever reason, I respect it. But I'm not going to just be a yes person and tell you what you want to hear. Mm. So I love that, right? Ethical, humble, honest. And I feel like we've kind of seen that all the way through, you know, your own career journey, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, even e- even your desire to a- almost start your own business and practice was <laughs> about someone maybe not being so ethical in their treatment right. of you, right? Um, <laughs> so, it, right, so it comes full circle. Karen, would you say that this has been sort of your brand, you know, throughout time or how has it evolved for you? It has, you know, it's, it's, I think we are our best business card, our, our persona, what we represent on a daily basis. It can't just be for cameras. Yeah. Uh, no pun intended. When the cameras are on, you pretend to be one person. And when the cameras are off, you can be whatever you want. No, I think working and striving every day to become this person that people will respect, that people will admire, that people will look up to and want to hear what you have to say goes way past dental school, goes way past any show I can be on. It It's important for me to be not only relatable, but to be trustworthy. Yeah. And I think that's how your brand is developed yeah. through time, through the years, through your experiences and sharing this. Because some people may say, oh, gosh, you know, you're trying to be so conceited, showing that you do this and you're a great person. You don't need to announce it to the world. Yes, you do. Because how else will people know that you can give back 
if you're not promoting, if you're not showing it. I don't need it for the glitz and glamour. I don't do it to say a thank you because you pay it forward. Yeah, I think I've been blessed in my life and it's time to pay it forward, but it's educating and teaching the youth of today and not even the youth, older people have never given back just because they were never taught how to. Yeah. Hey, you can give back and you can start by doing this. And look, we're building water wells in, in India. We're building a school, we're building a refuge for women that are suffering from female mutilation, which exists still yeah. today in Kenya. And we created a school for that. So it's not, I'm not doing it for my own selfish needs. It's about if I don't promote what we're doing, how can others that don't have a means of creating their foundation be able to help that? So I think creating that awareness and what social media has offered us is exactly that, a free way to promote, to promote um, just everything that's good in life, not just the superficial things. Yeah. And now, Karen, I know you live a glam life in Miami, right? But I know so, so much, so much of our, you know, kind of who we are and our brands show up in, in how we were raised. So I know you're, you originally grew up in New York. Talk to me a little bit about, you know, coming, you came from a family of modest means. So Mm -hmm. how, how did you, your family and your parents kind of influence your, who you are today? Well, you know what? Well, first of all, yes, honey, I am a queen. And that's, I wear it proudly because I was born in Queens. <laughs> so just like Eddie Murphy, honey, he found his queen. <laughs> but with all seriousness and all joking aside, I am very grateful to my parents for raising us, myself and my two older sisters, the way they did. Because although I was not born with a silver spoon in my mouth and my parents, when they came from Colombia, we are from Colombia, from South America, came um, before my mom studied real estate, she would clean homes, probably mm. saying, you know, my dad worked in the agricultural department in the airport, and then he worked at a bank. So they were just normal, low to middle class citizens trying yeah. to make a living and to sacrifice to give their daughters everything that they could. So I think from When I look back at my younger years and the upbringing that my parents gave me and about being grateful for every little thing, it's about making sure you just say thank you. I think it's a lost art nowadays because I think parents try to be such cool parents with their kids that they forget that you have to be parents. It's okay to be a cool mom and be their friend when they're 20. Yeah. But when they're young, you need to be a mom and dad. Guess what? You need to be the mean one if you want to raise them right. <laughs> and the Colombian culture is all about education, about being very polite. I mean, you go in an elevator, and now that I live in a condo here in Brickell in, in South Miami, um, I live on a 28th floor of a 56-story building. So we're talking, we run into people in the elevator every single day. And I'm the only one I come into the elevator and I'm like, hi, good morning. And they just look at me. I'm like, (laughs) they're like, who's that crazy lady? Exactly. And if you're in South America and you go into an elevator for wherever you're at and you don't say hi, they look at you weird. So going back to having Colombian parents living within the United States, I think helped me give also a more positive edge on being grateful, on being polite, on understanding that nothing is just given to you. You have to work for it, but you never bite the hands that feeds you. You always Mm. want to remember that if someone extended their hand to you, always remember to give back, whether it's if you have that opportunity to give back to that person or how life has a way of teaching me is paying it forward. And how do I pay it forward through my foundation? I love that. And of course, I know uh, as someone with a unique first name, you have a yes. unique first name. <laughs> tell me tell me about how, how your mom came up with your name. You know what? My mom, it's interesting because I always ask my mom that in elementary school, I have to preface by saying I absolutely hated my name <laughs> because as a young girl with the name of Karen, I was called every name in the book every name in the book, you're talking carrot, Karen. I mean, it was just all these weird names. I was like, I hated it. And then fast forward to when I was 15, I started modeling and I started, you know, the little acting bug and my very first headshot, my very first composite. I'm like, 
well, gosh, my name is Karen. I want to stand out from the crowd. I don't want to be like all the other girls. How can I stand out that people will look at my headshot, look at my composite and remember it? I'm like, let me take a chance at it and put a T. So my mom wanted, she didn't know much English. And when she saw the name, she said, oh, I like Karen, but oh, no, let me just put a T. And she literally just decided to be original and add a T to the name. So when I started modeling, the casting director asked me, oh, Karen. And I was like, oh, yes, that's French. I wanted to even pretend I was even more cool than I was. Uh, I'm like, yes, it's it's Karen's, but the T's silent. But you, <laughs> <laughs> and I literally invented that. I, I did not French. It's Colombian or Colombian originality. Um, but since the headshot was something that they kept, not the pronunciation, it would make them stand out. People would always look at me, oh, Karen. Yeah. And it kept. And from there, I never changed it since. And I've always used my original name now. Yeah. And now tell me, when you were a little kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? You know what? It's interesting because ironically speaking, I think life has given me exactly what I wanted. I knew Mm -hmm. I wanted something in the medical field because I was a little bit too much of a safe person take off into Hollywood and, you know, and work as a waitress, which I commend every single woman that does. Don't get me wrong. I am not, I'm not mad that, you know, mouth bashing that at all. I admire it on the contrary, but I was too safe to do that. Mm. Um, But my dream was always to be on TV and to act and to host. And ironically, God has given me through, through luck, through hard work, through experience, to both of those fields in which I'm happy to be able to balance both of them out. So ironically, I am doing what I dreamt of. Wow, that is amazing. Now, Karen, a couple of fun questions to close us out quick fire. Um, We have been talking all about your brand and the brand of your foundation and Be Latina. What is your favorite brand as a consumer? What can't you live without? I can't live without Lululemon. (laughs) (laughs) And why? You know what? Especially after the pandemic, we forgot, we tossed our heels, we tossed the Louis Vuittons out, we tossed (laughs) all those uncomfortable heels, all the, you know, heels, and just got comfortable with life and got comfortable in our own skin. And if I'm not in the office and if I'm not going to a cocktail or to a red carpet event, I want to be comfortable. And mm. Lululemon, you know, gosh, they should be paying me for this, huh? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait for those boxes. I show. am. I think so. I'm going to have my manager call them up. Now. <laughs> <laughs> Lululemon is it's just comfort. It's about being comfortable, looking cute, obviously, at the same time, but just being comfortable. And I think that's one thing that the pandemic taught us is, is you still got to look good, but but be comfortable at all, yeah. at all costs. Now, if Karen Sierra was a car, what type of car would you be? Oh, baby, I'm a Ferrari. Ooh, and why are you a Ferrari? (laughs) Because I'm slick, I'm quick, and I'm fast. Ooh, I love that. (laughs) It can't all be about foundation, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly, exactly, right? Um, And finally, Karen, what is the best career advice you'd like to pass on to our listeners? Uh, You know what? It's interesting because when you ask that question, it could be, it can evolve into such a huge answer, but I think it's being truthful to yourself. Mm. And, and speaking your mind, speaking with honesty and speaking with ethics to whoever it is that you're dealing with, as far as in my case, it would be my patients, because at the end of the day, the honesty will, will shine through. And as I was explaining to you before, the fact that I want to treat every single patient, like if it was my parents sitting in that chair and that's going to speak volumes, they will forget what you said Patients, you can tell them all these stories and all these examples, but they're going to forget, but they'll never forget the way you treated them. Mm. And that's what I want every single person to understand that it's very easy to make a quick buck in, in society, whatever city you live in. But do you want that buck to last or do you want just to make the quick buck? And so I think that is something that everyone should always have in the back of their mind is you know, whatever it is that you do, make sure that you can walk 
anywhere with your head high. Mm, I love that, right? And that's why you have this great business because people want to come back based on the way that you make them feel. Well, yes. Karen, thank you so much for making us Aww. feel fabulous. It's been great thank having you, you on Jason. the show. And I'm expecting you in my dental chair very soon. Exactly. <laughs> I, I need to, to, to buff these, uh, these, these. Curly whites. Up. Yes, exactly. <laughs> now, Karen, tell us if people want to learn more about sharing smiles, where should they go? Yes, they can go to my website, which is Karen with a T, sierradds.com. And they can also see Sharing Smiles Foundation on Instagram. And we'll be posting pictures and videos of our trips. And if you want to donate, it is a official 501c3. A lot of businesses need to donate before giving it to Uncle Sam. So we will be more than happy to take your money. (laughs) Yes. And uh, if we want to find out more about Be Latina, where should we go? Yes, you can uh, follow me also on Instagram, Karen Sierra, or also Be Latina TV on Instagram. You can find out a lot more about our episodes and what we talk about. Awesome. Well, we will be following you. And thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, honey. It was my pleasure. And I can't wait to see you here in Miami. And we'll be back in just a few moments with my final thoughts. Are you tired of not being recognized for your work? Are you ready to rise above the rest and accelerate to the next level? The Lead With Your Brand Career Breakthrough Mentoring Program will help you take control of your career, develop your own unique brand, and catapult you to a whole new level of success. You are a top performer, and the Lead With Your Brand Career Breakthrough Mentoring Program is what you need to get you there. Visit leadwithyourbrand.com to learn how. Well, how spectacular was that conversation with Dr. Karen Sierra? You know, she had so many amazing things to say. And frankly, I can't wait till February when I get a chance to spend some time with her crew and peeps in South Florida. You know what really stood out to me about my conversation with Karen was her notion that you have to be the same person on screen as you are behind the scenes. I love that as someone who is on television and has been in the public eye knows that it's important to be your true best authentic self both on screen and off camera. Now, you may not be on television and you may not be on a reality show or on a talk show, but think about what people see in you. Are you the same person that they see in presentations in the conference room as they are behind the scenes when they're working with you on projects? How can you make sure that there is no gap between those things and that you're showing up as the best you that you can be in all situations so that you can lead with your brand? Well, that's our show for this week. If you loved what you heard, make sure you are following us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll get you a brand new show every single week. Check me out on social media. I'm at Jason Patria on all platforms, and give me a connect on LinkedIn, where I share tons of tips and tricks on how you can lead with your brand to your next career breakthrough. And if you've got a question that you'd love to have covered on the show, send me a direct message. Now, most of all, and most importantly of all, in your career, don't be a boring old commodity like coffee. Make sure you are that super premium brand like Starbucks. You've been listening to Lead With Your Brand, the podcast that explores and uncovers exceptional career success stories and inspiring personal brand journeys with your host, personal branding expert, diversity advocate, and keynote speaker, Jason Patria. Remember to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit us at leadwithyourbrand.com.